Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I'm the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp. And with me today is Allison O'Shea. And here's a bit about Allison. She is a leader in the aging industry. She has over 17 years of direct hands-on experience working with seniors and their families in the role of executive director for various senior living companies. This experience has given her the knowledge to be rep- to be a reputable voice in the confusing and overwhelming world of aging. In January of 2022, Allison opened Openly Aging LLC. Through Openly Aging LLC, Allison helps families navigate all the options and resources available to them. One of the missions of Openly Aging is to bring education to the community to be a change agent in how we talk about aging moving forward. So today, Allison and I are going to spend some time looking at what happens past retirement when we may need care, as well as bringing the resources to the forefront. So without further ado, please welcome Allison O'Shea to GEMS Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. My pleasure, Allison. And before we get started, I'm actually going to give you a option here. We could either do a rapid fire game at the end, or we could have an icebreaker in the beginning. What would you like? Ooh, um, let's go with icebreaker at the beginning. Okay, awesome. We're breaking (laughs) the ice, y'all. So you can share a crazy thing that you've done in your life or a fun but interesting fact about yourself? Ooh, okay. I guess I should have thought about this. Um, (laughs) So crazy. I don't know. Um, Or interesting fact. Um, Well, I guess interesting fact I use quite often is I have lived in six different states um, all growing up. So from the Northeast, I haven't crossed the Mississippi, but Northeast to the South, and now I'm in North Carolina, which is still South, but a little... Um, up. So I have um, have met a wide variety of people and been around a wide variety of people. So that's kind of something I, um, you know, enjoy being, telling people. Super cool. Did you move because maybe a military family or? Just no, because- my dad um, worked for the, an airline company and he just, you know, was promoted and he's kind of a spontaneous kind of guy. And so a new adventure always awaited and Um, and so it was, it was fun, um, growing up, we kind of, you know, um, my parents always did it in very good time. So I didn't feel like I was ripped out of anything. Um, but it was, I thought, I think it shaped me in a good way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I definitely like to hear when people move around because they have all these neat stories to share. And I think it also gives you more character because you're connecting with people outside of like your primary comfort zone, but it stretches you to see the world a little bit different, whether it's um, those domestic moves or international moves. Yep. So Allison, let's get into this powerful uh, subject. So helping people um, as they age and they transition to life 
like throughout their later years. Why are you so passionate about this area? So I actually got into senior living accidentally. I graduated college and thought I wanted to work with children. Um, and like many people who graduate, you know, my four years of learning didn't didn't just have jobs thrown at me, you know, because I lacked the experience. So as I was, you know, applying for jobs, I found a position in, um, I didn't really know what it was at the time, but it was a memory care. I was an activity director. So I planned the calendar and it was, you know, 50 memory care residents. Um, and from the moment I walked in there, I just knew, whoa, this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, and so after that, really looking at the industry of senior living, you know, all the different um, resources that were coming into our community to help our residents. Just, I really kind of saw the big picture. And so I quickly grew and became an executive director. Um, and through those experiences, I witnessed so many families, so many residents, um, really sometimes in crisis having to make decisions because there was never a conversation about what were to, what were to happen. Um, you know, in the United States, I think in particular, we don't like to talk about aging. We try to avoid aging. Well, what that perpetuates is a lack of conversation about when real decisions in aging have to be made. And so that experience, um, having hard conversations with families, being there as they're crying, being the solution and helping them know that there's options out there um, really kind of was how this business I've started is, has been created is just there needs to be more talking, there needs to be more education, and we just need to be having these conversations earlier. We always talk about retirement, we're going to go golfing and traveling. Well, we can't do that until we're, you know, 105. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe there's somebody out there that is, but, and so having what happens after that, what, what is my ideal goal as the aging person? And how do I tell that to my family for them to try to make that happen for me as best they can? Absolutely. Cause sometimes I feel like Elderly people are often mis, uh, misunderstood or they're overlooked because sometimes the children feel like they know best for that individual. When that individual is still in their right frame of mind, they can make decisions, but they may not be able to drive themselves or et cetera, and they need that person to advocate for themselves. But what happens whenever that advocate becomes their voice and then they become silenced? But I'm also going to say kind of the other side of the coin, sometimes as an aging person, if we are not, if we're assuming our family is able to be that sole caregiver, that in this world day and age is sometimes a little unrealistic due to us having children later, um, careers, you know, so there's, it's a two-sided street. The family needs to force these conversations and try and definitely be an advocate for their loved one. Absolutely. Number one, but that aging loved one also needs to say, okay, realistically, can I stay in my home? Is that, you know, my daughter coming over here three times a day to make sure I'm taking my medicine and making sure, is that really going to work long-term for all of us? You know? And so I think it is kind of coming together as a family and the children being honest about what they can do and the adult, parent being honest about what they want, but also understanding 
you know, we all have to work, be on the same team. Absolutely. So just warranting that open mm -hmm. conversation yes. and just really being transparent to just kind of bridge the gap to make sure that it's the best fit for everyone that's involved in the situation. Absolutely. So with the name Openly Aging, why did you choose to select that as the name of your business? Well, and I also, you probably can't see, but if you look me up, which I hope people do, uh, my um, mascot is a little elephant. Um, people always ask me about that. It's the elephant in the room. You know, we need to talk. We need to talk openly about aging. You know, I always tell people, my husband and I in particular, I mean, we're young, relatively, we're very social. We have tons of friends. We love um, getting together with people. We need to plan our life moving forward as we get older to probably move into, you know, uh, a community that has activities, you know, a 55 and older, maybe with homes. There's no shame in that, in, in, the, in saying that now. So that's where the openly aging is coming from is who am I? <laughs> What do I see myself in the future? And, you know, another story I always tell is my grandmother was 90. Um, she lived right here in Raleigh with me and um, not in my home, in her own apartment. She was working at Kohl's. God love her at 90 years old. I used to get so mad because they scheduled her like the 7 to 10 p.m. shift. But God forbid she would ever say, go in and use her age as an excuse. She was a powerhouse, my grandmother, Helen. But she never would want to move into a senior living. Never, ever, ever that she was just not that type of energy. She was fine being in her own apartment. So when time came for care to be brought in, we used her resources in her home because that's what she wanted. So it's having those open conversations about who am I as a person and is that social piece really important, you know, um, because that, you know, is defined. So it's openly talking about aging is the, is the answer. <laughs> I like that. And I was going to allude to that because I was like, she, we just talked about open conversations and marrying the um, family with the elderly person. And then um, I love how you said your logo is an elephant. So addressing that elephant in the room, because sometimes people love to scapegoat that elephant because those conversations may be difficult ones to have and no one really knows how to break the ice regarding that. And kudos to your grandmother for being <laughs> 90, working and doing all that stuff. Because, you know, some there are some elderly people mm -hmm. who do not want to be contained and they don't want to sit still. And they feel like if they continue to move and be very active, it actually prolongs their life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, but one thing that I want to look at is the senior living aspect here, mm -hmm. Allison. And the reason why is my husband worked at a senior living, um, Erickson living for a while. He was an executive chef for them. And I just could not fathom the amount that some of the elderly people were paying to live in those communities. Because to me, like not be not trying to be rude, but it sounded like a glorified dorm room. <laughs> So how do we prepare those um, elderly people to make sure that they have, you know, enough money set aside if they choose to go to a 55 and plus living or if they want to have a assisted versus assistive living and kind of let's look at the bigger picture to see what the options are. 
Sure. So assisted living actually came about in the 80s. Um, before that, you know, it was just the rest home is a word. You, you know, we all went to, vi- I went to visit my great aunt in the rest home, you know, back when I was 11. Um, and it was very traumatizing. So assisted living and senior living really came about in the 80s. Um, and Yes, as those times have come, it's become very expensive. But I am a big proponent for assisted, uh, for senior living. Obviously, I did it for so long because for a lot of people, it's the best situation for them. The reason also senior living has gotten so expensive is it's expensive to ha- hire the associates and make sure that you're paying them the, and, you know, the benefits. Um, so... I do understand why the cost of senior living is so high. Um, In your reference to, it was like a dorm room. So it depends on how old that building was. You know, I just toured a new building around here, brand new. Oh my goodness, I'd move into it. So the, the industry is also evolving, you know, as the newest generations move into senior living, their expectations are different than maybe the generations of the buildings that were built in the 80s and 90s, you know, or even in the early 2000s. Um, so when you're navigating your search is, of course, what amenities are important to you, but it is expensive. And that is going to be an interesting thing that we see as we move through the next generations, because especially our generation, I don't know how old you are, but um, we don't have pensions, you know, we don't have all those things. And even um, a lot of the residents I've worked with have long-term care insurance, which nowadays is just, yeah. Long-term care insurance, uh, they did not expect to have as many people accessing (laughs) their policies as are. And so a lot of them have gone bankrupt. A lot of them are consolidating. So that option really isn't going to be there either for, you know, the younger generation. So it'll be interesting to see how the costs, you know, if they continue to rise, if they even out, Um, but it is an expensive endeavor. So really that's why it's important to talk about it now you know, as young as you are to be able to say, okay, you know, we need to put a plan in place to make, to at least have that as an option, because that is a struggle for a lot of people that are aging. And why I think a lot of people don't talk about their desires is because if money is a concern, it limits you tremendously. Um, And that's a whole other industry um, of, you know, lower income seniors and resources, you know, out there for them. Um, but yes, it is expensive. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I'm based, I'm based in Texas and the place that my husband um, worked at, it was like four grand a month. And oh, that's on the lower end. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a lower end. Um, yeah. And there's some that are six grand. Then there's some that are just the apartments where it's like the independent style, mm-hmm. but then they have to pay for all the other amenities. So once you add that up, that also plays a factor. So one thing that I would like to see is financial advisors talking to elderly people and making sure that they really break down certain things so that elderly person understands it. Because sometimes people prey on elderly people because they feel like, oh, they're not going to question me or whatnot. 
So I think that should be a big component too, as you are preparing for past retirement, making sure that you're having those conversations with a financial advisor or a financial planner, getting your family involved early on rather than later, looking at, okay, what type of health insurance and coverage do you need? Because as you get older, certain things just don't work the same as they did before. And just making sure you have a bulletproof plan that is allowing you to really have the lifestyle that you want, but is conducive. Yep. And um, there's a lot of financial planners in most cities. Um, I would say in all cities that do specialize in late retirement, you know, and really putting a plan in place financially for you to have plans for that late, I'm calling it late retirement. Um, Yep. And that is very important. It, it's all about the planning. <laughs> it really, <laughs> truly is. So I know you um, give resources. So what are some of the resources that you help your clients with? So what a lot of people don't realize it, well, they don't realize, but especially right now, senior industry is just booming. I mean, there is, you know, I, what I've been, um, referring a lot to is especially right coming right out of COVID is senior mental health. There's a lot of companies that specialize in seniors and their mental health. So you're not just going to a therapist who is also seeing, you know, a wide range because seniors have a very specific mental health situation. You know, they're losing a lot of their choices. They're losing a lot of their abilities. Um, after retirement, a lot of people don't have a sense of purpose. Um, maybe they've lost a spouse. So that mental health component isolation is so different. So mental health um, for seniors, but also there's a lot of companies that can come into your home and say, all right, this will, if you want to stay home for this period of time, we can do this to make it safer. We can do this. So, you know, somebody like me, who I am an aging navigator is what I've coined the term is, for most of my clients, my first step is going in and just assessing the full picture and saying, okay, here's what we can bring in. This is covered by insurance. This is private pay. But if we, these are all the things that will make right this moment a little better. And then we just start with a plan, you know, with, if something starts not working, we go back in and we reassess. Um, there's a lot of companies now um, that are, will just go in and check on mom. You know, whereas before you used to have, it was home health or home care and you had to have four hour minimums. Well, now all these companies are popping up that will just go in and check just to make sure maybe all the kids live out of town, um, whereas that was unheard of before. So senior movers, you're moving into um, a community. There's a whole industry that specialize in seniors moving out of their home into a senior living community and all that that entails. So it's just, there's so much stuff out there that people don't even know. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. And it can be overwhelming if oh. you don't have a aging navigator such as yourself <laughs> or somebody else within the industry that really knows the ins and outs, but can also connect you with someone who may have a little bit more subject matter expertise and knowledge that you could do life with that individual. And I think people need to see age as, you know, it's a grace factor and you have a wisdom and it's a beautiful thing and they shouldn't see it as a end of life sentence, but your life is just changing and you're just turning over a new chapter. 
Absolutely. So um, another thing that that interests me about the work that you're doing, Allison, is definitely your passion and drive. As you're talking about it, you just light up, you just glow. And I think people are going to connect connect with that because people want a warm body and they want that personal experience. So can you talk about a time that you've helped a client that was challenging, but it helped you personally and professionally develop? Sure. Um, I'm going to say one of the most memorable families I've ever helped. And it was actually when I was an executive director um, out of a community, um, I really specialized in dementia. Um, and so not only caring for people with dementia, but that family, it, it's harder on the families. I always say that, you know, a person with dementia it lives in the, a moment in time, which if we were all so blessed to just live one moment in time, um, and but we don't. <laughs> so that family, you know, a lot of times they're number one, very stressed because they always want to tell you, this isn't how dad was. This isn't how dad. And, you know, you have to tell them it's okay. We know that dad wasn't, you know, this is dad's new chapter, as you said. Um, but no one is judging this, you know, behavior. So I worked with a family that all the siblings were not getting along. You know, the power of attorney was the one um, that made the decision to move. It was dad moved dad into our community. Um, and it was the right decision. He was wandering. She just couldn't do it at home anymore. She had younger kids, but of course, all the other siblings who were not in town had a big opinion <laughs> about, you know, that, right. Oh yes, she should be able to do it. But no one was saying, Hey, bring dad to my house, you know, um, which is also very common, the family dynamics. So we ended up having, oh, I would say, uh, come to Jesus with the whole family. Um, and one of the things that is one of my strong suits that I've learned and I have honed the skill over my 17 years is having very direct conversations, um, you know, telling the family, no, this is the right decision and here's why. Um, if you want to come and visit, you know, I, let's see, you know, you can walk, come a day and with your dad and see. Um, so, and after that, I got all these, you know, there was five siblings. I got, you know, all these emails. Thank you so much. We didn't think about it that way. We weren't thinking about it that way. Or, you know, so not only did it bring the family together because aging parents can tear siblings apart. Um, that is a very common situation, unfortunately, because everybody has their opinions. Um, and so it was a moment that I remember sitting back and thinking, okay, you know, now this family, hopefully we'll get together for Thanksgiving. Hopefully we'll be back, you know, with the ultimate goal of giving dad the best last years of his life um, together and reunited. So that's really when I was coming up with what is my next step? What is my next career move? Um, the last building I oversaw was huge. So I felt like I wasn't connecting with the families. I was just dealing with the fires of a building, you know, a 300 apartment, a building. So, um, that's really when I honed in on what drove me. It's, it's just having those conversations with the families and saying, this is normal, or yes, that's the right decision. Don't feel guilty about it. There's a lot of guilt. And, you know, it's okay. You're doing the right thing. Don't be guilty. Don't feel guilty. And let's all come together and do it together. So, and that's what I've kind of taken into my new career, my new business. I would say 
what I'm finding myself doing most often is getting these families together on a Zoom and saying, okay, here's what mom and dad want. I need to hear what, what is everyone's thoughts? What, you know, and really being that navigator or that counselor, I can't use the word counselor because I'm not officially a counselor, but you know, that, <laughs> that third party, that unbiased third party that can just help people start that conversation. I love that because what you're doing there is you're addressing the elephant in the room and you're breaking the ice because there are things that people are thinking, but they necessarily don't want to say it because they don't want to create any conflict or be confrontational. And I like how you share that example because it allowed you to take that lesson that you learned and apply it to where you are now. And then now you're bringing everyone together all the people that are needed in order to make these effective but necessary decisions. Yes. And then the most important person is the elderly person at hand. So you're, um, the family is coming together, but then that elderly person is having their needs met whenever everyone could be on the same page. Absolutely. So Allison, as we wind down, I want you to leave our listeners and viewers with your call to action for this segment. Sure. I, you know, please check out my website. It's um, openlyaging.com. You'll get a good list of my services. Um, I am based in North Carolina, but I actually have a lot of clients outside of North Carolina. Thank goodness for Zoom. Um, and nowadays, everyone is used to doing Zoom in their virtual work life. So um, that's been a great advocate, you know, I've been able to really come into people's homes through zoom and just have honest conversations and just say, Hey, where can, what's, what's the next step? So yes, please reach out. Um, I would love to, do, you know, just have a conversation and see how I can help people. Amazing. And, and I also do, I should put in there, you'll see, I also do some speaking engagement. So I do love to public speak. So if there's an opportunity for that as well, I'm always interested. Ooh, amazing, yeah. y'all. She is definitely multifaceted. So Allison, I want you to plug your website and let them know how they can connect with you on social media platforms. Sure. So I am, like I said, openlyaging.com is the website. And then on Facebook, I'm openly aging and Instagram at openly aging. Um, and, um, you know, my email is Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N dot O-S-H-E-A o -S -H -E -A, at openlyaging.com. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. You just heard Allison O'Shea. All of her contact information will be in the show notes, so you can definitely connect with her. I challenge you to have a conversation this week with the elderly people in your family to see what their plans are, what are their desires, and if they don't have any plans, then start planning early. That way they can make sure that they are comfortable in their later years. It's never too early to engage in a conversation, but it definitely needs to be had before things go down south and people are at each other's throat, metaphorically speaking. <laughs> so I definitely want to challenge you to just, you know, just start by asking the question, what does your, what does your plan look like after retirement? Do you have enough um, money saved up? Do you need help? Do you know what the resources are? Just ask those questions just to stimulate the conversation and get that going. And then lastly, but not least, make sure you subscribe and share this segment. We're on 40 plus platforms. Also connect with us on YouTube at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp 
for all things video content. And we are currently looking for brand sponsors for GEMS Podcast, where the mission is to educate, inspire, and motivate while we intersect the dots between diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because it takes all of us coming together to make this world a better place and really walk out our mission. We're also ranked in the top 3% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per www.listennotes.com. And you can find out more information about becoming a sponsor by heading on over to genesisamariskemp.net. Until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day and take the challenge and help your loved one out. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services could be here on GEMS Podcasts.